This is exactly right. I'm Kate Winkler Dawson, a journalist, author, and podcast host. And I'm Paul Holes, a retired investigator with experience solving some of America's most notorious cold cases. Together, we host Buried Bones, a historical true crime podcast on the Exactly Right Network. Each week, we examine a different case from history and use our years of experience and 21st century forensics to bring new insights into these very old tragedies. Like the time the Sausage King of Chicago's wife went missing in 1897. Don't miss new episodes every Wednesday. Follow Buried Bones wherever you get your podcasts. What's that at the foot of my bed? It's spooky and kooky. I'm pretty sure it's dead. It's coming this way. Wait a minute. Hey, I'm ghosted. By Ross Dresselet. Hey, boo, it's me, Roz Dresfalez. I decided to do something real wild and crazy. Okay, so I have this really adorable dog named Rocky, who I adopted him out here, well, out in Los Angeles, and then I got really busy and was living a chaotic life and just wasn't wasn't around for him enough. And so I gave him to my parents to live in Michigan. And he's been there for a number of years now. And it's time to get him back. And so I've been talking with my parents for a while now about getting him back. And I thought, well, I really don't have a whole lot to do these days. And it's scary to go flying right now. So I decided to put on a mask and sanitize my life away and drive by myself to Michigan, which I've already done. I'm currently in Michigan at this moment and heading right back to Los Angeles. Um, so a quick little visit to snatch up my dog, but the good news is now I have a dog. Um, it's, and it's such a shame because I passed by so many iconic haunted places, um, Colorado, you know, Iowa, Nebraska, but unfortunately, you know, can't really do a whole lot right now. But maybe I'll do this trip again sometime and, and go to some haunted places with Rocky, my puppy. And, you know, he's he's one of these dogs that's just so cute and so sweet. I can't take him anywhere without everybody falling in love with him. And so, you know, he's going to come to Hollywood and we're going to get him an agent and we're going to live that Hollywood life. I'm going to be a, a real stage mother from now on. So... Uh, took him out of the Midwest and now we're going back to Los Angeles. But I would love if you would follow Rocky. I just set up an Instagram for him because we're going to make him, you know, an Insta celeb. You know, he's a, he's a SoCal dog now. So he is on Instagram at Rocky the Diva. Rocky the Diva. And um, boy, is he ever a diva. And let me promise you, there will be some fashion looks. There will be some matching fashion looks between the two of us. So uh, get ready for some 
Rocky content. And also, don't worry, he will be, whenever we have live shows or anything, he's going to be there in his little ghost outfit that I'm yet to get him. So, exciting, crazy week I have had. But uh, we've got part two of Coco Peru today, which I am so excited about. We got great feedback. Thank you guys for listening last week and for sharing it and, and um, you know tweeting about it and posting about it on Instagram. We love an Insta story. We love a shout out. So thank you. I really appreciate that. And trust me, she does not disappoint with a part two today. But before we get into that, I wanted to read a listener story that was posted in the Facebook group Ghosted by Roz Dress Velez. This comes from The Haunted Hillside. The Haunted Hillside writes, I used to work at a boarding school as a janitor slash maintenance worker. The building itself is an old building with a lot of tragic history and very haunted. The building started as a simple hotel, but when most of the building burnt down, it was rebuilt into a luxurious resort. As business slowed down, the resort was eventually sold and converted into a prison. From the prison, it was turned back into a hotel and finally bought and converted into a boarding school where I was employed. Wow, that building has had some lives. Actually, it reminded me, wait, I'll get back to the story in a second, but it reminded me of the John Hill episode. If you haven't heard that one where he stayed at this place that's like now an apartment building that used to be a prison or something like that. Real spooky. Okay, back to the story. In its over 100-year history... The place had its share of deaths, I bet. During the fire of the original hotel, the owner and his family perished in the flames. With the construction of the luxury resort, the new owner built a golf course and placed one of the 18 holes right on top of a sacred Indian mound common to the area. They write, I know it's a common ghost story trope, but it is documented in historical records. Thank you for clarifying. During the time of the resort, two murders also occurred on the property. The first was a maid who worked for the resort and was shot and killed on the sun porch of the building by her husband, who believed she was cheating on him with another resort employee. The second was a young African-American boy who worked on the resort collecting water from a nearby natural spring for the resort guests. Unfortunately, there's not much information about him other than that he was shot and killed. When the building was converted to a prison, the third floor of the north wing was converted to the isolation area of the prison. This was created by building four iron cells, which remain there today as the third floor was sealed off and never remodeled. A young woman serving time in the prison hung herself in one of these cells after carving her suicide note into the wall of said cell. The suicide note is still there to this day. Fast forward to today, the place is very attractive. The fire alarm 
often goes off. Oh, <laughs> I said attractive. <laughs> I meant active. The place is very active. The fire alarm goes off and is accompanied with the smell of smoke. However, after investigating what triggered the alarm, no one can find anything and the smell is gone. During one of these alarm triggers, a staff was clearing the main floor of the building. When she entered the dining hall, she saw an elderly couple sitting at one of the tables. Before she could say anything to the couple, they just faded away. On the same floor of the dining hall, several staff and students have reported seeing a woman in a white dress walking the sun porch and main hallways. I personally believe she was the murdered employee. Everyone that sees her says that she just is all of a sudden there and then just as quickly she's gone. But she's always there long enough that it's more than just a glimpse. The second floor where the student dorm rooms are located have their own hauntings. These are more residual from what I have gathered. The floor is split into two wings. On the north wing, a black mist is often seen floating down the hallway. On the south wing, a man in a hat is often seen leaving the last dorm room and walking across the hall through the locked-off doors that lead to the now dilapidated third floor. This spirit is just like a movie on replay. He never changes his, his behavior. He just simply crosses the hall. Students down this, this same hall, and most often the same room mentioned above, report things flying forcefully off of their dressers. They have also reported seeing faces appear peeking into their windows, which are located 50 plus feet off the ground. <laughs> On top of all that, the faint sound of 1920s to 30s big band music can be heard coming from the main lobby. I myself have heard this. Students staying in dorms directly above the area where the isolation cells are held often hear footsteps, the rattling of chains, and the slamming of heavy prison doors. I won't say they don't know about what's on the third floor, but I know the school doesn't advertise it either. I keep in touch with people that work there, and they recently added security cameras in the building, specifically the basement. Most of the basement is closed off for maintenance and laundry, etc. But there is an extra common area where students can gather and watch movies, etc. Apparently, these cameras recently caught an orb, I know, I know, floating from a seat to seat almost like it was Goldilocks trying to find the perfect place to sit. After the orb had tried four or five chairs, it just vanished. To end on a positive note, I, along with some other staff, managed to sneak a spirit box into the third floor. After another male staff and myself attempted to talk to the spirit of the woman who had killed herself, the two female co-workers who were with us took over. The spirit box started going crazy. Most answers were just yes or no, but at some point a voice came through the static and said something to the extent of, I'm here to watch over the girls. I added that voice on my own. 
I'd love to tell you all the the name of the building, but because it is still a functioning school, I will keep that information to myself. Wow, that place sounds terrifying. Hope it's not where you go to school. Thank you so much, um, The Haunted Hillside, for sending me that. Oh, before we get into the interview, I uh, want to tell you about next week's episode. I'm going to try something a little bit different. Um, I'm going to have one of my oldest friends that I actually know from my hometown of Grand Rapids, Michigan, on the show. Her name is Chelsea Pummel, and I absolutely love her so much, and... We recently, as I'm here in uh, my hometown of Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, we recently, you know, got together and and caught up. And she has this wonderful company that is called Rose House Coaching. She's a psycho spiritual alchemist. And um, here's just a little thing it says on the Instagram at Rose House Coaching. She says, I liberate you out of emotional pain and spiritual confusion to a place of clarity and empowerment. Knock, knock. You're a psychic. (laughs) So you can um, work with her. She does amazing things um, with spiritual coaching. And uh, we're going to get into some of the readings that she does. And um, uh, what I thought would be really fun is that she's somebody that grew up and currently is back living in a haunted house. And a girl, Roz, has actually had a ghost experience in that house. And so we're going to be sharing about that next week. So it will be real fun. So look forward to that. All right. Time for part two of Coco Peru. On with the show. It's so interesting that so many people in your family have had these experiences. Yes, though. and then years later, my sister, who had seen that Martian leprechaun alien person, uh, moved back into that apartment in the third floor when she was married and had her first daughter. My niece used to wake up crying that the smiling man was standing up against her crib. And so my sister was like, oh my God, you know, is this happening now to my daughter? So. Oh my God. Oh no, not a smiling man. Why is it so scary if you're smiling and you're in the middle of the night dead? Like you should, that should be a happy thing. Yeah. Well, um, so there's another experience that I had later. Um, I was with my first boyfriend and I had, my parents were in their condo in Florida for the winter and I had lost my apartment in New York. My boyfriend at the time was going through some sort of transition with work and moving back to South America. So he moved in with me into my parents' house. And we were laying in, well, I'm going to tell you this part first. The next, this one morning I woke up, he was, had gone into Manhattan and I was taking a shower and I was soaping up my head. And as I hit a certain part on the side of my head, I felt this sharp pain go through my head and into the center of my head as if a needle had just been inserted into the side of my head. It was that quick, boom. And as soon as I felt that, I had a memory from the night before. And this was the memory. I was in bed, he was beside me. I did not wake up in the middle of the night. I went from probably a dead sleep to 
I'm wide awake laying there. There was no waking up. I was suddenly awake and aware that I'm awake. It was, it's, I don't know how to describe that feeling of, it's almost like you were awake, you just don't remember, but suddenly you're allowed to remember. So I'm just laying there awake. And I know that my boyfriend is also awake, even though I can't see him. I know he's awake. And I said to him, Eduardo, he said, yes. I said, somebody's in the room with us. He said, I know. And then that was it. Oh my we didn't God. fall asleep. That's just the memory. We, I, when he came home that day, I asked him, I said, do you remember last night? I talked to him in the middle of the night and I, and I said, you, somebody's in the room. He said, yeah. I, and he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, w- I was talking about the dog. But um, the dog was in the room with us every night. That wasn't the case. And I thought it was so interesting that I hadn't remembered it until I hit that spot on my head and felt that sharp pain go right through my head. And but did you... I have another, I have another weird memory too. I woke up <laughs> okay. when I was little and I had what I thought was a crouton shoved up my nose. <laughs> and I pulled it out and it was this sort of white fibrous square. And... Uh, I pulled it out of my nose and I told my mom, I, I pulled a crouton on out of my nose and my mom didn't know what it was and she threw it away. But um, that always stuck with me as well. And have you seen the unsolved mysteries on um, the new Netflix? one? The new one. I've only watched the first few, but I know there's an alien one. Have you seen okay, that? So, yes. I watched that one. And um, the only reason I, I had, this is very strange that you even asked me to do this <laughs> because these moments come in clumps for me. The other night um, I was sitting on a couch and I had this urge to watch something that had to do with all of this. So I Googled it and the Netflix thing came up, but it wasn't on yet. If they were, it was like coming July 1st, I think. And I was like, oh, well, I have to remember to watch that. So um, my friend, and you may know her, Nora, had called me from New York and she said, um, have you watched the thing on Netflix, that, this, that episode? I said, no, but I'm, I'm going to watch it tonight. She said, it reminded me of you, your story. So I watched it and um, it definitely brought all of that back. But the one thing that one of the men says was that um, he felt instructed to do something. So I don't want to give it away. But I also had those moments. This was when I was very young. Um, I would feel as though I was being told to sleep on the couch rather than in my bedroom. And there were two nights I can remember where I felt as though I was told and to get up and go to the window and look out the window and that I would be given a gift of seeing something. And both those times I saw what I would describe as UFO crafts at the time. Yes. And at the time I didn't, um, I was young. I hadn't seen uh, close encounters yet, but um, you know, as you grow up, you just, you have these weird memories of something being shoved up your nose of, you know, Peggy Lee outside your window and uh, all these weird things. And you start putting it together and, but you think this is just a child's overactive imagination. Right. But then you start to meet other people. Well, especially in your family or your neighborhood. Yeah, no, but even outside of my family, the more I've shared, the more I, that's 
kind of why I feel okay talking about this because people can think I'm full of shit. Um, but um, most people start to say, well, you know, I had this experience of walking through the woods and I saw this, you know, what, and everyone seems to have a story. Oh, yeah. No, that's what I love about this podcast. And we have a Facebook group and, and people oftentimes after one of these interviews will will say, oh, my God, I had something just like that happen. Or they'll reach out to the guests yeah. and tell them. So it's it's interesting yeah. what it brings up. I hope people. that happens. I hope that other people have had similar experiences. When I, I wrote a letter to Whitley Stryber after I wrote his book, after I read his book, excuse me, and um, he invited me to a very secret meeting of other people who have had these experiences and we all sat in a circle and everyone told their story and i was so freaked out listening to these stories i thought i'm never coming back to this i wanted nothing to do with what do you mean so there's like it was just a gathering of like a um he had gathered people and had written letters to him Uh and he wanted to create a group of almost like a support group where people could share their stories and try to take control of something that felt so out of control to them. And um, did you hear things that were very similar? Yes. And I heard things that were not so similar. What I heard the other night on that TV show was one of the young people, one of the people interviewed, uh, she was a young girl when she believed she was abducted. She talked about seeing other children and this, and that just made me feel like when I was hypnotized and I saw babies, you know what I mean? It was just, it's just one of those bizarre things. Um, Certainly the little, you know, a light being frozen. Um, Yeah, definitely. I mean, when he hypnotized you, were you like, he must've like really put you. I did not feel under. I didn't feel anything. No, that was the thing. That's what was so weird was that I wasn't feeling um, hypnotized. I mean, in fact, I was sort of sitting there thinking in typical Coco Peru fashion, (laughs) what a crock of shit. I mean, that's what's been funny. I've had so many weird experiences and yet I can be the biggest skeptic, the biggest, oh, come on. You know, even with my own stories. Well, I got hypnotized. I I know that they happened. That's what's so weird. Is like, I can't reconcile it. Like my accident, that was terrifying. I know what happened. I, there are things about my accident that are so bizarre, but I know that that was the brain and the brain survives in the way it needs to survive. So I can explain it. But when you have something unexplainable happen and you're trying to shift it into like human language and human terms, you just, it just goes beyond that. And at some point you just have to let it go and kind of enjoy telling the stories with people who enjoy hearing them. Yes. And it is what it is. Well, I mean, there's just, there's things that are, I don't think any of us will ever know on this earth. And right. we just I've have to accept that. that. I have always said that I think um, part of living here is uh, and a part of whether it's a religion you believe in, a God, whatever it is, there are just things we're not supposed to know. And that the joy of that is that we get to live in a mystery and mysteries are fun. Totally. Like, and that's what the way I wish people felt about their own religions is like, instead of saying I'm right and that religion's wrong or make other people just be like, it's all valid. It's all a mystery. And can't we all just have fun living in a mystery? 
Well, yeah. I mean, even if you think of like watching a murder mystery or any kind of mystery show, if they told you the answer right away, that's not fun. Right. That's my point. The point is, you know, enjoy the journey, enjoy the mystery, enjoy trying to figure it out, knowing that you're probably never going to get an answer. But along the way, you might meet other people like I did in those meetings or when I've traveled and shared these stories, people who have had similar stories. Wait, but can I ask you about when you died? Are you cool to talk about that? I didn't die for very long, um, but I had, I had bled so much. And then in the hospital, they gave me a drug to whatever. It was crazy. And yes, yeah, so I, I did die for a few minutes. But did you have an experience when you were dead? Like, do you remember any of that? I have a full memory of it. And the only thing I can say is this could have been the drugs, you know? But what I will say is I... Had it, I have a memory of forgetting who I was. And the only reason I know I forgot who I was is because when they started to bring me back, I remembered who I was. Otherwise, I don't think I would have ever known that transition of forgetting who I was. You know, I was just very peaceful. And as they started to bring me back, I thought, oh, no, I'm going to stay here. And then as soon as I opened my eyes, everything that makes us human, that fear and that will to survive came right back with it. But when you say you wanted to, you were going to stay here, were you, do you remember what here was? No, no. I only remember a feeling. Yeah. And the, that feeling was just very peaceful. Now, again, that could have been the drugs. You know, they said I was dead, but I, I don't. I, my brain wasn't dead yet or whatever it was. I was definitely um, feeling I preferred staying where I was, and but the fear all came right back. Mm. Uh, the other weird thing about that accident that uh, is just a little detail about how the brain works and how it wants to survive and how it can separate was that when I first fell through the glass, I immediately started screaming, but I didn't know it was me screaming. And I was standing there in the shower going, who is screaming like that? And, um, but my body knew it had to do that in order to stay alive. And, um, and then I got to downstairs to the second floor and I, that's when I knew how bad things were um, because it was gruesome. And there, I'm not gonna go into detail about it, but um, the human part of me, the part that wanted everything to be normal was thinking, I've gotta get to the door and, I've got to get help, but I'm naked and I don't want anybody to see me naked. So I'm going to go into my father's parents' bedroom and I'll get a pair of my father's underwear. And this is one of those weird moments. I walked into my parents' bedroom and they had a, they had a, uh, they had a, my mother still has this mirror, but a very large, beautiful mirror. And I remember looking in the mirror at myself and my brain immediately erased the reflection so that I couldn't see my reflection. Oh my God. In order to stay alive. My body, my brain and body knew you're not allowed to look at that because that will make you pass out, whatever. So you're just not going to be able to see your reflection. Lots of things, a lot of things like that where I realized the mind and the body are so 
separate. They work in unison together so much so that we don't even notice it. But when something like that happens, there are just parts of your brain that break off and separate and your body's doing one thing and you're not even aware. It's just, it, it was a horrible lesson to learn at that age of 16. Mm-hmm. And yet I do believe it changed my life, not in an instant. It was gradual. I'm still the same person. I still suffer all the depression and everything else that comes along with being a person. But it did inform me in lots of ways. And when I was being bullied, even after the accident, what changed for me was I thought I survived something that I wouldn't even wish on you, yeah. on my worst bully. And that made me feel really strong. Yeah. Wow. So, um, yeah. And my mother said something really horrible one day. She was like, oh, that was your sister. She was pissed you were using her bathroom. <laughs> that my was screaming? Sister. No, my dead sister. I was like, mom, that's a terrible thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) What did your family, I mean, I know you said like your dad had this experience, but when you were growing up, did your parents believe in this stuff? Did they? Yes. Well, my parents kind of laughed it off. My parents, you know, my father was a truck driver. My mother was a waitress, housewife, and sometimes a secretary when we needed money. You know, I mean, we were not, um, educated people we were simple um and great neighbors we were like a great you know what i mean we were street smart and great people but that kind of world was not a you know what i mean so my parents kind of didn't know what to make of it and so but my mom has memories of you know all of us laying in the backyard and watching what we thought was stars but moving in very bizarre patterns and stopping and then moving and then, you know. So, uh, uh, yet we didn't talk about it. It's so weird. Even the ghost in the house, we never, none of us ever said anything to each other. I'm hearing all these stories from when you were younger, but so once you became an adult, did any of this stuff continue or did you? Only the last thing was when I was back in that house and, that night with my boyfriend, which yeah. felt very strange to me. It, it really gave me chills when I had that instant memory. And I, I felt as though that something had happened, something strange. Nowadays, I'll be honest with you, I just, I actually say, when I start to feel nervous, I say, I don't want to see you. And I'm telling you not to, I'm, I'm done. I don't want to see, this can't happen. And I say it out loud. <laughs> what do you mean? Like you get a feeling that there's a presence in the room? Sometimes I get a feeling. And the weird thing is, I have often felt that whenever I watch a movie or this conversation comes up, I almost feel like, an experience happens around this because I feel like that's part of the thing is that then if you ha- when you have the experience, it's, it's the, the thing is, is that they're using that as a, I can't describe it except to say that, that, that the experience 
then you doubt yourself and you're thinking, oh, well, it's because I saw that movie or because I had this conversation. Totally. You know I mean? Well, that's what my life has become. Like yes. all, I, so, all I do is I talk about this stuff. So yes. I'm constantly like, no, that couldn't have been a ghost. Exactly. So it's that experience where uh, sometimes I feel like things are have happened, but it was after, you know, and but I almost feel like, well, that's now become a pattern. Mm-hmm. And so I basically, if I feel like, you know, something, I just say, no, I don't want, um, I don't want, I don't want this experience. But I mean, does that happen to you in your home or when you're performing somewhere or what do you- I've just been like, I have stayed in hotels that are haunted and I will walk into the hotel and have asked, is this place haunted? And they a few times have said, okay, well, we're not supposed to say anything, but yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and another time I was staying in a, a B&B, it was a, a beautiful home. And I, I just knew, I said, there is a woman here. And I asked the owner family, I said, I just, I, and he said, oh yeah, people have seen her on the staircase and she's the one that owned the house. And, but I, but why um, did you think that? Well, I just felt something oh, interesting. and I tell the ghost or the aliens or whatever. I just now say, if I start to feel like nervous, I just tell them, no. <laughs> I get very cocoa on them. But what if they're cocoa puffs? What if they're fans? I don't need to see them. <laughs> it's like the internet. I've taken control and I tell them this is not going to happen. I'm done. <laughs> well, because you know what's something I was thinking about when I was thinking about talking to you is New York and it's so fascinating that I've had so many people on this show and so many people that are from New York or lived in New York. And it's so rare that I get stories from the city. Do you, why is that? Listen, the when city I is did, so haunted. Well, when I did the um, Whitley Stryber meeting, oh, most right. of those people who were uh, t- talking about abductions, talking about humanoids, talking about men in black, they all lived in Manhattan. Oh, wow. And they were having these experiences in Manhattan. So people were having these experiences. I well, just don't. E- even when I think of the theaters, like all those theaters are haunted. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I, I don't know. I just have, I'm not saying that it's not haunted or anything. I just haven't heard. I was, I was curious if you were going to have one about the city, but I guess no, not. I, I don't have any ghost stories about the city, but where I grew up, the Bronx is considered yeah. New York City. So that sounds like a real haunted neighborhood. Do you have you talked to people that currently live there and and heard anything about haunted or paranormal phenomena in that area? No, I haven't talked to anybody up there. I um, it was only the stories I heard growing up. There was another woman who had a, a I knew a woman on City Island who had a ghost that used to actually hit her, mm. and the ghost lived in a hole in the wall. Oh God! And um. You know, she was 100% serious that there was, uh, you know, a a violent ghost in her house that would um, hold her wrists and um, push her. And yeah, it was. And another night I remember being in a friend's house and I was sitting with my friend Christopher watching a movie and um, above the TV was a cutout in the wall that looked up into the living room, which then looked onto a staircase. And we saw someone walk through that hole, through that big... What, what at one time had been a window, but was now just like a pass-through. 
someone walked by, went up the stairs, and all of a sudden my friend Michelle appeared in the door. I said, wait a minute, you just walked upstairs. And she was like, no, we're home. It's just the three of us here. And so I said, well, and I turned to Christopher, and of course he was like, holy shit, I saw it too. So it was just a very haunted place. And people were like, oh yeah, that must have been the ghost. You know, it was just that kind of a neighborhood. Oh my God. (laughs) But I am curious I've always wanted to go back to my neighbor's house whose husband haunted her home and ask the people living there now if they had experiences there. Yeah, or if she ever actually confessed, <laughs> yes, it is haunted. Yeah, I, but um, I don't know about you, but um, where I grew up, as much as I loved some of it, it is attached to a lot of trauma and bullying. And of course, so when I go up there, I'm, I'm triggered on a lot of levels. And so it's not a, always a, it's not a place that I, you know, it's like, Oh, I've got to get back there every year. I don't have much family up there. No immediate family, just maybe some cousins. So it's not a place that I, um, I go to. Yeah, I think about that a lot too when I think about going home. I'm just always flooded with so many. And those are memories that it's like, wow, I've completely just forgotten about. Oh, that one time we went to get ice cream at that place, right? It's just so weird how much comes back. It's very amazing. Emotional. And and, um, that's what's so amazing to me about the brain and and how it, these memories just pop up. And, and I love talking about this stuff with you. It's, it's unnerving for me because I said I'm not public about it. I've only ever shared these stories with um, friends and, of course, my family. But I did at one point in one of my shows, I created an alien story that uh, was based on you know, it's in my, it's, you know, I tell autobiographical stories, and this was probably the only story that I've ever done that wasn't real but um i was talking about coco gets abducted by aliens and it's a cute funny story but in it and i've heard this theory was that um the aliens are actually us just what we've evolved in and they're coming back time traveling and and so that was the take i took on it in my monologue well i feel the alien that i meet and who is speaking to me on the ship is actually me in the future. And um, I realized that that fabulous dress she's wearing is actually my dress. And it's the dress that I wear in the show. Of course, it's short on me, but a gown on her. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that. I love that premise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, that, it's all Coco cares about. She's giving Coco the secret of the world and Coco's just like, that dress is mine. <laughs> That's how I feel all the time when I hear these ghosts. Every time I hear a ghost story, I'm like, well, what were they wearing? I want to know yeah. the fashion. Yeah. Do um, um, you want to hear some ghost voices? I'd love to. Okay, they get a little spooky. It is time for... EVPs. Or EVPs. Do you know what an EVP is? Yes, I do. Okay, so it's electronic voice phenomena. You know, it's when a when uh, somebody catch, catches a ghost voice. And so I go to YouTube 
I look up EVPs, uh, all different kinds. I just I spend hours on YouTube just looking for obscure ones, famous ones, whatever. And um, I found I have two of them for you. The first one is from Pasadena Paranormal, which is in Pasadena, Maryland. Huh. It did not say what the actual place is where they captured this EVP, but tell me what you hear, and I'm going to give you some options. So here we go. What do you think this ghost voice is saying? <laughs> I'll play it again. I, I, I only get one try. No, I'll play it again. Clearly, she's saying, that bothers me. <laughs> she's promoting uh some she's, yeah she's the cocoa puff exactly well here's some options is it a cheesy bread b shipwreck c stick it right up your or d street cred okay let me play it again well i'm 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 going to say shipwreck, although it sounds like street cred, but I'm going to say shipwreck only because you said it was Maryland and um, maybe, you know, there was a shipwreck. Okay. Well, they, they said that they think it's stick it right up your, which I don't know, these paranormal Pasadena people. Wow. Well, I mean, I like that better. I was going like old school, you know, Yes, I know. I would have never guessed stick it right up here, but here, we'll play it one more time. I mean, they're stretching that. Evie, please. <laughs> okay, let's play one more. Um, this one is from on YouTube. 24 Petty Denny is the person's name. And this is Ghost Investigators New York is the name of the paranormal group. And they are at a home in Hanover Township, which is not in New York. It's in Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania. So what is this ghost saying? This one creeped me out. Mm. Here, I played again. Okay. Give me my options. Okay. It sounded like I feel. Yes. Okay. Is it A, I'm here? B, I'm fierce? C, idea? Or D, prime veal? Maybe they're butcher. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to go with A, I'm here, but I do like I'm fierce. <laughs> Let's play it again. I think it's I'm fears. Actually, I'm f I feel. Wait. Either way, it sounds it like sound that. Like I'm fears. It sounds like I'm too sexy. It's like that. Exactly. It's definitely an I'm. Yeah. Too sexy. Listen. <laughs> too sexy for my shirt. Um, it is I'm here is what I'm, they believe it says. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fierce. Yeah. That well, Coco, uh, thank you so much for thank uh, you. being on. This is and, incredible. And if I could just say one more thing. Uh, please, say as many I, things as you'd like. I just was going to say, you know, my mom, um, I grew up knowing that my mom had seen her mother's ghost. And really? so maybe that's why my brain is just open to it. But 
my mom's mother had passed away when my mom was young. And so my mom was laying in bed and her mother walked into the room and came over to the crib and looked down at the baby, at my mom's new baby. And she looked at my mother and smiled and um, then walked out of the room and my mother said, no, please stay for a little while. And um, she felt as though her mother was like, I can't. And um, I just thought that was so beautiful that my mother felt like her mom had come back to look at the new baby. And so I grew up knowing that as well. So I feel like that's always been something in my family, you know, just ghost stories were just something that we, we spoke about. We didn't speak about um, the ghost that was in our house necessarily, but we spoke about in the neighborhood or old ghost stories. But um, I love it, it that. Is, we, we, we get a kick out of it now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. Um, can you tell people like what you got going on? I know you've been going live. I'm doing my online shows. I've only done two this they're called Casa Coco, and people get tickets at casacoco.live. And I've been doing them every two weeks. I might move it to every three weeks. I don't know. I, I play it by ear. I have different guests come on, and I sing songs. I pull an old monologue out of the Coco Vault. But um, it's just a way for me to stay connected with my, my fans and, and to make other people feel interconnected. And it's been great. And I love that. it's and about I see- celebrating friendship. And I've had some celebrities on, but even with them, it's not about their celebrity. It's really about friendship and feeling connected. So that's what it's, that's really where I'm at in my life right now. Well, I um, always say that the people that I look up to more than anyone are drag queens that did it long before it became a reality TV craze. And so I have so much respect for you and um, your peers and people that I'm so yeah. lucky to call friends and mentors. And well, back I think then, the best. It, back then it was, you know, it was edgy. It was political. It was um, sometimes even dangerous, but, it just was a calling we had. And, um, and you're, you're, you're of that as well. You are a comedian. You are a great actor. I've seen you in shows. And, um, and you have a, and now you're doing this, because, but you have, a, you have a vision for yourself. And it's so clear um, that it's bigger than just, I want to be famous. There's, mm-hmm. you, know, you have some authenticity. Not some. You have authenticity. And uh, it comes through. Oh, that means so much that you noticed that. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Coco Peru. Wow, what a journey that has been. And what a career she has had. Oh, God, I just worship Coco Thank you, Coco, for doing this. That was so cool. And when she was talking about the UFO support group situation, that was crazy. I guess I didn't know much about that. Um, It it reminded me of there's this SNL sketch when Ryan Gosling was the host from a couple years ago with Kate McKinnon. Um, that if you want to see it, it's on YouTube. It's called Close Encounter. And it's basically about three people that have had 
a paranormal experience with a with an alien entity and it's hilarious and it's sort of a it almost has that support group feel that I, that's that's what I kept thinking about the whole time she was talking about that it's really funny go check it out hey also while you're doing things uh please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you give five stars. I'll be doing some listener episodes soon, so please email me your listener stories at ghostedbyroz at gmail.com and make sure you write listener episode in the subject line. You can also leave me a ghost story in a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or in our Facebook group, Ghosted by Roz Dresfales. I'm on Instagram at Roz Dresfales. I'm on Cameo, Roz Dresfales. And Rocky, my paranormal pooch. Who, you know what? Rocky's also lived in two haunted houses. If only he could talk, he would be an amazing guest on this show. But you can follow him at Rocky the Diva on Instagram. Thank you guys for listening. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! A podcast network.